Hi, and welcome to episode 75 of What to Work. Um, so today I would like to talk about live music, uh, live music at blues events. Um, so I've just come back from Blues Fever in uh, Vienna, and one of the reasons I went uh, was because they invited Brother Yusuf um, to come over, and he played uh, uh, some amazing sets. Uh, and it's really funny because first time I heard him was in Pittsburgh in 2012, probably. Uh, I was like, what even is this? I don't know how to dance this music. Um, Lindy Hop? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't been dancing blues uh, for long at that point and really hadn't been exposed uh, to uh, the style of music that uh, Brother Yusuf plays. Um, and then the second time was in... Um, in 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 Tel Aviv, I want to say in like 2015, and that was really great um, and just so um, energetic, and it was really a party uh, out there when he was playing, uh, and I really liked how everyone was rocking out to it, uh, and still a bit lost to an extent, but also very convinced that rocking out to it was where it's at, uh, and then again this weekend. Uh, I was able to not dance with him that much because I was quite tired uh, and also not really necessarily in the mood um, for the, the intensity of the kind of rhythmic experience. Um, and I was, I was talking to other people and they were kind of similarly not in that mood, but um, I know I can be and I know I want to be, but talking to other people they seem to sort of be like, oh, that saying that that's never something that they would be super into um so uh, what i noticed was really the 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 um, uh the the intricacy of brother Eustace playing because you can hear uh the percussion line that he's playing with his foot the bass line the chord progression and the melody and the singing and all those things are going on all at once so like up to five things uh all superimposed and all super clear uh, and all different degrees of complexity, but the whole thing added together is really complex. Um, and, and that was amazing to, to hear also. So I really liked that, uh, hearing that and hearing how complicated and interesting uh, it was. Um, and people sort of seem to feel that, so the, the music tends to be kind of chug, 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 chug as the bass line kind of tempo and rhythmic intensity and then you have the singing and the chords and the bass and the melody all of them are kind of balls to the wall uh, and super um, um, energetic like projecting energy out um, and people were saying that uh, yeah the, the the sameness of this chug chug with the intensity of uh, the projecting um, didn't necessarily line up with what they would be super into uh, just because it's a slightly monotonic experience to an extent uh, in terms um, uh, that uh, the, there isn't much variety between songs um, in certain dimensions so that, that that rhythmic consistency the chug 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 doesn't change up um, very much uh, 
then the the actual rhythm also uh, doesn't change up very much and and people kind of were saying that they kind of wanted more change um and that sort of ties into we have this um dual expectations that when we hire live musicians for blues dancing in particular but it also applies to to most other dancers i guess uh, i'm thinking especially for for lindy hop um we kind of expect people uh blues musicians and swing musicians to be inexperienced in playing for dancers and also to an extent to not quite get it uh and i think that's true um that even uh, super well-known uh, musicians who often play to dancers uh, who are convinced that they've got it but everyone sort of um, maybe unfairly but sort of secretly um, talks behind their back about how they don't really get it and what's more they're very unopen to the suggestion that they don't get it um, and so I think within Blues and Lindy Hop one of our default assumptions has been Oh, uh, people don't actually, um, uh, musicians don't actually get it. They need explanations. Um, and so assuming that anything uh, in, assuming that anything that's in this uh, musical experience um, is going to be, that is different from what they expect uh, or what they would want or what they would ask the band to do um, is something that the band is doing slightly misguidedly or misinformedly um, and then when it's uh, a black musician playing blues well we kind of instinctively know to check uh, our, our, our expectations there and be like yeah no probably a black musician playing blues even if they're not used to playing for dancers or for a white dance audience uh, we shouldn't be asking them to adapt um, and then we can just sort of wonder, no, but this thing is not really what I would choose people to play, and yet that's what they're choosing to play. And again, it's uh, because that would be a default expectation anyway, we might expect that it is uh, because of um, uh, because of uh, inexperience or even lack of desire to cater to dancers. And so because the only... Um, uh, the main tool I have is my knowledge of French traditional dance and music, uh, and so everything looks like a nail for me to hammer at. Um, I want to actually uh, draw a comparison to French traditional music and dancing uh, in two ways. So one is about the relentless wall of sound thing, um, and the other is about the default expectation that people who don't cater to dancers um don't know what they're doing uh and so in french traditional dance um i've talked about it a couple of times uh i don't want to go too much in detail but basically uh there is uh, there are people who play music that is super local to their area and so there is only one prevail one or two prevailing rhythms uh and the music kind of goes back and forward between those one two three four five maybe prevailing rhythms uh, and their associated dances and that's kind of it. Uh, and then the way of playing that prevailing rhythm is super traditional. So you don't go about with uh, improvised choruses or um, uh, percussion or uh, complex um, uh, 
uh, chord um, lines, although sometimes, and also the, the improvisation sometimes happens, but isn't necessarily the kind of improvisation uh, that you might expect. Uh, and so to some people it just sort of sounds a little bit samey um, and doesn't sound modern. Um, and there's no way that you can take a band and be like, hey, sound more modern if they like uh, sounding uh, traditional um, or regional or specific. And same thing, a band that sounds modern is typically going to be unable to play the more um, uh, traditional uh, style without... Uh, sounding boring because I think the traditional style kind of is boring and they don't really get the subtleties of it because it's not the kinds of subtleties that they're into and so when they do play it it does sound uh, kind of meh um, and yeah and so you don't ask the one kind of band to play the other kind of music uh, or more generally you don't ask um, a band to adapt their repertoire or their style of playing to the dancers generally not too much uh, some rare times you will a little bit, especially if the band has a lot to offer, um, more maybe than they can fill into a set or two anyways, and so you'll ask them for something specific. Uh, but in general, you don't give instruction to band. You hire a band to fulfill, cater to the audience that you have. Uh, and that is because the bands are massively experienced. Like, they know exactly what they're doing in playing for dancers, um, and there's maybe some dancers that they enjoy playing for more than others. And so they also have disdain, maybe? It's a, it's a bit of a negative word, and it's not really that. But they, 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 they don't necessarily... They can see the ways in which dancers uh, are not necessarily 100% all into what they're doing. Um, and they're, they're, they feel they feel quite a little bit defensive, but mostly quite comfortable about that. So they will sometimes lean into it, uh, like dancers who are used to uh, the musical phrasing being very predictable. Uh, they will mess about with the phrasing uh, with delight because um, they know that the music that the dancers will get a little bit challenged by that. It sort of poke at them. Um, and so I think, especially when we have a, a, a black musician playing blues. Uh, probably anything that he does deliberately that doesn't seem um, danceable to dancers, part of it, um, or easily danceable, uh, I think that's um, less, oh, this musician doesn't know how to adapt so that they're playing something that is easily danceable for dancers, but uh, just as likely this musician knows what blues music is about, uh, and knows what their blues music is about, uh, and it's pretty sure that the dancers uh, should have uh, the skills and chops to um, to adapt to that. And if they don't, then maybe not having them will cause them to question and be like, "Oh, um, what what do I not know that I need to learn about?" And it's interesting because even as saying that, I'm feeling very kind of like the person is unreasonable. Uh, in uh, playing like that, assuming that is their thought process, which I don't know that's their thought process, obviously. Uh, but that's exactly the thought process I've had in playing for dancers, in playing French traditional music. Um, like there's some uh, tunes that people tend to expect to have uh, four measures to a bar. So they go, daddy one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four. Da one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four. 
and I'll deliberately play um, a tune that goes like uh, one, two, three, four, two, one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three, five, two, three, six, two, three, one, two, three, four, or something like that. Um, and it changes up the the the, the expectation. Uh, and it's also something that I know because I know and notice, but it's also something that I think because I know some of the dancers' limitations, um, that are kind of limitations that are inherent in a revival scene and wouldn't have existed. Like, it's not the difference between good dancers and bad dancers. Uh, like, back when this was uh, kind of um, the, the, the native culture, there were good dancers and bad dancers, but the difference in between the good dancers and the bad, dance, bad dancers was not around their expectations of what the music should sound like uh, whereas that is kind of, or less, more experienced and less experienced whereas that is kind of the case nowadays uh, the less experienced or even massively experienced but not sort of widely experienced dancers might have very specific and kind of incorrect expectations uh, about music um, and the other part is the the, the, the balls to the wallness of it um, and the slight monotony of it and the length of it and the repetitiveness so when, when we're DJing because we're in strong DJ scenes um, we go for a variety even within uh, something specific so if I'm kind of exploring ballroom in music I will play music uh, across uh, a whole number of periods with a variety of instrumentations uh, and I could stay uh, for a whole two or three hours just with ballroom in, uh, so just with uh, some kind of um, variations of stuff that I would classify slow jazz. So you'd have from New Orleans, you'd have from New York, you'd have from the 20s, you'd have from the 30s, you'd have from modern day audiences, uh, you'd have all sorts of stuff, and it would sound very different. Um, and probably what I would do is stay quite samey within one or two songs, but I wouldn't play ten songs that are all quite similar because that's not how we DJ. And so it's kind of an expectation that maybe bands should also not do that. They should also not play 10 songs that are quite similar. Uh, but this is not what French traditional uh, bands will do uh, because their instrumentation is their instrumentation, often forcing them to play uh, in a key because why would they play in any of the other keys than the one that is the, the most home for them, the one where their drones are, for example, if they have bagpipes. Um, and maybe they'll play uh, Bourré and Waltz and Scottish and, uh, and Polka and Mazurka. And that's like five rhythms, uh, three three-time rhythms, two two-time rhythms. Well, three three-count rhythms and two two-count rhythms. Um, uh, and that's, that's enough and that's even a lot. And if they're just jamming, they might play just two rhythms, mainly Bourrés and Polkas. Uh, and that's plenty because there's just so much variety within those. Um... And if you go in Brittany, there's some places, like if you're uh, in uh, Plin country, uh, people will play Plin. And they might change it up and play a gavot from time to time, but mostly they'll play a Plin, they'll play something else, and they'll play another Plin, they'll play something else. And what's more, a Plin uh, is a dance that, it could last as short as three minutes, but it can last easily as long as 20 or 25 minutes, and that's just the first part. And then you have a middle part that's uh, a little bit more relaxed, and then you have a last part that has kind of a little bit more um, melodic energy to it. The tempo's the same, but the energy is a little bit higher. And that can also last like 20 minutes easy. So the whole thing can last like 45 minutes just for one 
dance. Um, and that dance, if it's a plin, the rhythm is bam bam bagadam, bam bam bagadam, bam bam bagadam. And that's what you're doing with your feet. You're doing um, join, join, or jump, jump, uh, right, left, right, jump, jump, right, left, right. And that's what you're doing, and that's the dance, and you don't do anything else. Uh, and there's small variations, but no one's particularly interested in those small variations. Uh, and the, the experience is a community experience of being carried by the music, uh, of being carried by the people who are dancing next to you. Um, some people use the word trance. I try to definitely avoid using the word trance, as in going into a trance, uh, not trance, the, the genre of music. Um, but there is some kind of meditative, repetitive quality of it uh, where time sort of changes its dimension um, and you're no longer... It's not so much that you perversely do something repetitively for 40 minutes but that you actually enjoy the repetition for 40 minutes and the way that although you're doing, I don't know, uh, 160 times, 160 beats a minute. So you're doing that uh, boom, boom, book it down 40 times in a minute, times 40 minutes. You're doing it 1600 times, and each of those 1600 times is different. It's the same, but it's different because it's a different time, uh, which is sort of very meditative mindfulness stuff, but is also uh, true. You never visit the same thing twice. Um, and that means that the, 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 the music, the style of music, also tends to have this the rhythmic relentlessness because it's one rhythm and uh, the intensity. So I'll take the, the microphone away from my mouth a little bit um, and it might go, uh, if I were singing it, it would start out intense and it just doesn't stop until you can't not stop. So usually this is done by two singers and they overlap their singing so that one person is not singing while the other is singing and uh, your time to breathe is always when the other person doesn't sing. So I'll be breathing a little bit more, and obviously I can't sustain it for a long period. But uh, something like... Um, and so on, uh, and so on, and so on, for 40 minutes, uh, or 10, or 6, or whatever. Uh, but it, it, it feels long at first. It's something that people are not, it's not in our culture to have that repetitive experience for 40 minutes. Um, and people, when they first encounter it, generally are quite confused uh, and wondering, like, oh, what is going on? Do people really enjoy this? And then there comes a point where you sort of discover, oh, there is an enjoyment to be found. And that enjoyment is different from other kinds of enjoyment. So I, my point there with it is just that if we have like this repetitive uh, rhythms in blues, um, there is a thing that uh, blues music to an extent uh, is done, uh, performed to sitting audiences. But even in Black American culture, it's performed to sit up worst to, to sitting involved audiences. Like they're shouting, they're noticing, they're getting up and dancing. 
uh, I assume, having never actually seen it live uh, in uh, black culture. Um, also, from having from having been told, um, and so there is maybe a slight thing that the dancers and the musicians um, are not used to the same thing, and so maybe the musicians are slightly not used to playing for dancers. But if I uh, the, the the someone I was talking with kind of had this assumption, oh well, seeing as we wouldn't ask musicians to do this necessarily, and seeing as when we would DJ, we would kind of want to t have the set take us on a journey. If within a song there isn't this journey because there's just this relentless projection of rhythm and sound uh, and within the set there's not really a journey because each song sounds kind of the same, um, the inherent assumption that that's not something that dancers can learn to like or even that dancers would like, uh, I think uh, uh, is, is almost trivially uh, not true and it's something that we can learn to like because in traditional dance that is something that people do like and it's not for everybody, it clearly isn't um, especially if it's not a culture they've grown up into but I think that there's something we can really learn to, to appreciate uh, about a wall of soundness which is what I really like in all my French trad um, musicians and uh, the relentlessness and the kind of sameness to really explore um, uh, a fixed instrumentation because those are the instruments that are on stage and a fixed um, style because that is the personal style of that musician uh, and a yeah kind of fixing in region and time period or the equivalent of fixing in region and time period uh, and just really believing that that's something that we can actually learn to be into and to do that like we have to be more economical in our movement uh, we have to learn to partner uh, in ways that make sense for that because um, you, you can't sort of drag your partner in through your uh, energetic ability to match the music. You have to adapt a bit. So I think that fits, uh, summarizes for t this week. Yeah, the idea uh, first that if musicians are not playing what uh, dancers maybe want... Um, That doesn't mean uh, that uh, the musicians are inherently uh, wrong uh, for, for doing so. And not just because they're standing up for uh, their art form, um, but also just because we have this expectation that sometimes musicians don't really know how to play for dancers and we maybe project that onto all the instances where uh, what musicians are playing does not line up perfectly with maybe what dancers would like. And the other and part of that, including that, is that I think that we as a community can learn to like um, different styles of musicians, including something that's kind of less taking us on a journey and is more uh, relentless and rhythmic. Um, and at first it might feel a bit monotonous, but that's something that I think we can also learn to, to appreciate and learn to find the, find the beauty and the joy in that. Um, I don't know if that's something that you've experienced, kind of how, how you guys uh, experience kind of beauty and joy in repetitive um, movements or repetitive music and how much you want that for your blues scene. Um, let me know. Uh, yeah, I was off for a couple of weeks because the uh, weather was terrible, so recording was never fun. Uh, and I have this uh, thing uh, I want to talk about which uh, has to do with geography and history. And again, it's a metaphor with French traditional dancing. And every time I record it, it just runs to 40 minutes. Uh, so I've trashed it and I'm still aiming to record a 15-minute version sometime. So yeah, I uh, wasn't able to publish the last few weeks. 
Uh, online classes are currently on hold until the second, third week of January. So I think we're back on January 16th, if that is um, the, um, uh, the, 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 thir- the Thursday of that week of January. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Jess and Greg. I would really appreciate if you would talk about these online classes to your friends, uh, especially those of you listening who have taken classes with me. Um, someone I was asking me this weekend, yeah, who are you targeting this towards? And I gave my usual spiel of people who are far away from a blues scene and so on. But I get that that's not really an audience. So I guess the audience for me is people who are into this body mechanic stuff and want to see what that would be like uh, for a blues class that gets taught weekly. Uh, it means it's kind of a, a slow class, it's a bit of a nerdy class, uh, but it's a very dancey class, it's a very movement-based class. Uh, so I think it makes for great uh, weekly practice to improve basics of everyone's dancing. Uh, and from dancing with uh, some of my students, um, some of our students, uh, in the past month or so, uh, I think it really uh, shows in the progress in their, their dance and movement. Uh, so yeah, just a bit of hyping up on that. I will see you next week be Christmas but I think I'll have recorded a thing by then Um, until then take care